The gospel is getting unleashed, y'all. It is going out. Last week we talked about Peter, went to the home of Cornelius, had this vision of all kinds of people with blue hair coming to the gospel. No. All kinds of food that he shouldn't eat, that he should never eat before in his life, that was so gross and so nasty. And um, I, didn't, I didn't mention it last week, but I had to mention it this week because I came across it again. I have this commentary, this Bible commentary that is uh, a Messianic Jewish commentary. So it's people that are, people that are Jewish, that are raised Jewish, that have all the Jewish culture of, of Jerusalem and, and Jewish practices. And they're Christians. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah that died on the cross for our sins. But they're giving commentary on what a Jewish perspective would be on the New Testament. And is it really funny? The whole, I mean, this is exactly what we talked about last week and exactly what we'll talk about this week. Uh, the Jewish commentary written by Christians that were raised Jewish, when they talked about the sheet being lowered down with all of the animals on it and Peter seeing it, the commentator said, surely he is not encouraging Peter. We know that he is not encouraging Peter to eat unclean meat here. And it was like even the commentator could not cross that barrier to admit that what God has called clean, don't call unclean. Like the commentator wasn't even getting it. And this is written in like 2015, 2010. So, so Peter goes, has this shocking thing. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on non-Jewish people, actually on Italians. It was the Italian cohort. And as soon as Acts 11 begins, it, you can see the conflict. It wasn't just in Peter that there was conflict, because Peter is part of a group, right? He's one of the apostles. Acts 11, the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. All right, so that's weird. So Peter continued around. Remember, he, he rose uh, Aeneas. He, he healed uh, Aeneas and Dorcas, known as Tabitha, was raised from the dead, right? We've been making Dorcas jokes all week at our house. That was her name, yes. And uh, so Peter traveled around. He didn't go straight back to Jerusalem after he was at the home of Cornelius, okay? So other cities, he went to other non-Jewish, not purely Jewish cities, and more people came to believe. Comes back to Jerusalem, and these are the people that are the very, very conservative. They're probably still dressed like Jewish people. They might be dressed like Pharisees, and they say, you ate with Gentiles. Oh, and that is what, that's his welcome home. That is his, you've been traveling all around, testifying, preaching the gospel, and you ate hot dogs. You know, oh, disgusting, outrage. 
Well, remember, these people at this time, they hated Gentiles so bad you wouldn't even go into their house. If there's a pregnant woman suffering in childbirth, about to give birth to another Gentile, you wouldn't help her. Because who, who in the world wants to bring another Gentile into the world? That's how racially agitated they were against Gentiles. They hated them. They didn't hate them as much as Samaritans, but they hated Samaritans. And they really hated Gentiles. Gentiles were like the worldwide Samaritans, okay? Oh, you ate with them! Now, Peter gives us a good lesson here, okay? Because here we are, church. It's 2021, and we are having trouble adjusting to changes, right? We're having trouble adjusting to the culture that we're stuck in. Are we stuck in it, or have we been sent here by God? That perspective affects the whole bit, right? So here we are in this culture, and there's things that Christians are doing. And you may have said in the last, I don't know, you may have said in the last 30 years, I don't know how somebody could be a Christian and blank. I don't know how a Christian person could possibly blank, right? I mean, I know we had a lot of that with the last election cycle. I don't know how a Christian could... We had it with all the riots. I don't know how a Christian could. Here, here's Peter being accused. And the circumcision party is saying, we just don't know how you could be an apostle and eat with those people. And his defense isn't, I am an apostle. I was there, right? I was there at the Last Supper. He's not, I am an apostle, punch him in the face, shoot him with the gun, right? Watch what he does. Here's what happened. Peter began and explained to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa. Now, some of them right at that point are writing him off. Dude, if you were in Joppa, you're already gone. Because Joppa was not Jewish either. I was in Joppa and I was praying. And in a trance, I saw a vision. Something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners. Right? We heard all this last week. But Peter gives a little detail that my Jewish commentary guys aren't going to like. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. So reptiles right there, unclean. Uh, birds of the air is birds of prey. Birds of pr- like you could eat chickens, even though chickens eat meat sometimes. Um, but falcons, hawks, eagles, all those things that you don't really know what they are—they all look the same in the air to me. Uh, those were unclean. So Peter is saying there was unclean meat. I heard a voice saying, "Rise, P- Peter, kill and eat." But I said, Peter himself is saying, I said, by no means, Lord, nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. So Peter is showing, look, I'm an apostle. I spent time praying. 
I was in Joppa because I was evangelizing and spreading the gospel. And I had a vision that I thought was gross too. And God told me something and I said, just like you are saying, I said, no, Lord, I can't eat that. Isn't this awesome how Peter is relating to them, not that he's a know-it-all and they just need to, you know, shut up and let him do his business. But he's like, no, let's grow together. Because this is a growing experience for me because I wasn't expecting Cornelius. I wasn't expecting the gospel to fall upon a bunch of Italians any more than you were. So before you accuse me, walk with me through my growth process. The voice commanded, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened over and over. So then he he tells how he goes. The Holy Spirit told him, Peter says, these six men went with me. All right, so now that's awesome because if you were the hardcore Jewish people, You're not going to listen to anybody unless there's three witnesses. Peter's got double that. I've got double the witnesses I need according to your law that you're saying we should keep that this happened. Listen to what happened. The Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. This is years after Pentecost. This is possibly 10 years after Pentecost. But every one of them there remembers Pentecost and remembers what happened. So for Peter to say to them, these Gentiles got the same fire, got the same Holy Spirit that we got. Do you remember that day, how awesome it was? Do you remember how 3,000 people got saved in one day? Do you remember how everybody thought that we were drunk and, and I'm the one that got up and proclaimed to all of them that y'all weren't drunk and it was the Holy Spirit? Do you guys remember that? That same Holy Spirit fell on these Italians. Wow. I remembered the word of the Lord. This is Peter talking still. I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he's just looking at those guys and he's like, you guys remember this. You remember Jesus saying that, right? And it's starting to dawn on them. Okay, Jesus reached out to a whole lot of people. I mean, they reached out to me. Jesus reached out to me and I know who I was. Could he be reaching out to the Gentiles? 11.17, he says, If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? I wasn't going to stop him. I love that same, that is the same sort of attitude as the Ethiopian had. When Philip explained the gospel to him, and the Ethiopian said, Why shouldn't I be baptized? What is stopping? What is stopping you from baptizing me? What is stopping me from becoming a Christian? Who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent. Shock and awe has just entered the Jerusalem church. The Holy Spirit is going for the Gentiles. They glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. That sentence 
is really easy to read by and to read through and to keep on going. And you got your next little subheading maybe in your study Bible that goes on to Antioch. That sentence right there is, is earth shattering. Because this is what God wanted for Moses on Mount Sinai. When God gave the law to Moses and he said, you're going to be my chosen people, a light to the nations, a light to the Gentiles. From as soon as they, I mean, I don't want to fault them, but as soon as they heard, we are God's chosen people, a light to the Gentiles. All they heard was we're God's chosen people. Yeah. And that was it. And it took them all the way to Acts 11 for the, the, a major body of Jewish people, of God's chosen people, to realize to the, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. It's not just light to the Gentiles. It's, oh my gosh, there are going to be Gentiles in heaven with us? Oh my gosh, God is approving of the Gentiles? Does that also mean the Samaritans? Maybe I should quit spitting after I say their name if they're going to be in heaven with me. So this, this right here is this giant. If it was a movie, this would be the high point of the movie. All the music would be really loud and it would be like, yeah, right? And it would be the big change of the movie because they've just realized I've hated Gentiles my whole life. I've, I've judged them. I've looked down on them. I've been like, gosh, I'm so glad I don't eat that nasty bacon. They are so evil. And all of a sudden they realize maybe they aren't evil. They're actually going to be in heaven with me. I think this is one, you know, um, racial equality and uh, the end of slavery the, the biggest moves in that are all being led by the church. Uh, you, you read a biography of William Wilberforce and, and ending slavery and that kind of stuff. Um, you look at Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., right? And how much you start to realize, okay, wait, if we're all going to spend eternity in heaven with each other, we need to get along. It would be a great example of the kingdom of heaven if we would start getting along now and realize... God has also granted repentance to this group of people. God has also opened the door for these kinds of people, this group that I thought, you know, whatever, whatever I thought they were, God thinks differently and he is going to save them. So it was in Acts 1.8 that it was, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And it took all the way to 1118. This should be easy to remember, right? 1-8 to 11-18. God has granted the Gentiles salvation. The other thing that's really exciting about this, I don't know about you, I'm pretty certain, we're all Gentiles. <laughs> None of us are probably of Jewish descent. Maybe not, but the other thing is it doesn't matter what your descent is. It doesn't matter who your dad was or who your grandpa was or who your grandma was. That anybody can come to Jesus now. It's not by bloodlines. All right. 
So, those that were scattered, change the story. Scene change, big, dramatic, awesome breakthrough, scene change. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. I think it's really awesome. So, Luke is writing this. A lot of it, he's writing, and Paul is sitting there as he's writing it. And they're writing it while they stop at different places. And Luke doesn't draw attention back to Paul killing Stephen and participating in Stephen's killing. That's not the point. The point isn't that Saul was holding the jackets while they killed Stephen. And I think think that's really, that's that's a cool move on the part of Luke. Those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. So wait, a little record scratch on Acts 1.8. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth, to everywhere there's Jewish people. You will be my witnesses. That's not what Jesus said. But that's what they thought. Because it was so mind-blowing that God would actually save Gentiles. Like, that's how crazy it is. That when they thought Jesus said to the ends of the earth, it was to the ends of the earth, wherever you can find a synagogue, you'll be my witnesses. The other cool thing is these cities that are named Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. So, you guys remember who was from Cyprus? Barnabas was from Cyprus. And so somehow you can't, you can't overlook that Barnabas has been around them since Stephen. Because when Stephen was alive was when people would bring their money up and put it at the apostles' feet and they would divvy the money up. And the first person, one of the people mentioned by name to do that is Barnabas, who is a Levite from Cyprus. And so somehow... We don't know if it was through Barnabas or not, but the gospel has made it to Cyprus and there are believers there. There were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene. Okay, hold on. Where's Cyrene familiar? Cyrene, if you were from Cyrene, you would have dark skin. You would stand out in a crowd of Jews from Jerusalem because you'd be a dark skinned person. Simon from Cyrene, who helped carry Jesus' cross, who probably came a month's journey to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, was made unclean. As soon as he's in town, he's made ceremonially unclean because he touches the blood of a condemned person, and he carries Jesus' cross. And we find out later that he became a Christian, and some of his... uh, Paul makes a note to tell Simon... And in that context, we know it's Simon the Cyrene. Paul says, give him my greetings. And Simon's wife, whose name I forget, she is also a Christian and participating. She's mentioned in one of Paul's letters too. So you have Cyprus and Cyrene, who we've heard of both of those places, and we know that there are Christians there. They came to Antioch, and they spoke to the Hellenists. The Hellenists are the Jewish people that are more Greek than Jewish. 
So they, they do Greek customs, they do Greek things. They were probably grown up Greek and maybe converted to Judaism. Or they were um, Jewish people that grew up around so many Greek people that they don't live, they don't look like Jews. They, they live like, so these would be uh, folks with a whole bunch of tattoos all over their arms and blue hair. And these would be the people that they're church people, but you would not think that they were church people. Does that make sense? One time I was, we bought our house and we needed all these renovations done and we were trying to figure it out. And I was getting all these estimates and these people were like, call this electrician guy. You'll talk to him and he's awesome. So I call him up. He's like, oh man, your house. Those, I love doing those houses, but I, I don't have time to do it. I don't have schedule, but here's what you do. And he told me all this stuff. And then he's just started saying, God will provide for you, brother. God will help you. God will supply all of your needs. And he's like preaching to me over the phone. And I found out later, this dude is like leather jacket, uh, big old ponytail biker gang guy. And I don't, he might do prison ministry. I don't, but I don't, I don't totally don't remember his name. I can't call him for electrical help again. He's gone. But how many people do we see? And this happens a lot where you see somebody and you're like, you're going to keep my distance a little bit. And then they just witness to you and they preach the gospel to you. And you're like, golly, this person is living the gospel. It doesn't matter if they got a tattoo or a bone in their nose. They, the Holy Spirit is working in them. So think it, whenever you read the Hellenists, that's who these people were. They were really, really Greek, but they didn't act Jewish. They didn't look Jewish, but they were Jewish. And the guys from Cyprus and Cyrene, not the guys from Jerusalem, the guys from Cyprus and Cyrene come to Antioch to talk to them. They came to Antioch. They spoke to the Hellenists also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. All right, we got to talk about Antioch for just a second. Do I talk about Las Vegas too much? I was thinking about this. I was, I was preparing my notes. I was like, I talk about Las Vegas too many. I've, I've only been there twice. And that was for both times is when I worked for a church and I was there for a church conference, okay? And, uh, and it wasn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be until you pay attention. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is a horrible city. This is disgusting. Antioch was like Las Vegas. They had this giant temple of Daphne there. And Daphne was this Roman goddess that, or a, a mortal that uh, one of their Greek gods fell in love with her and chased her down. And, and all of that happened. And so they reenacted that every day. And it was Las Vegas. And it was awful. What in the world? Dudes from Cyprus and Cyrene, not Jerusalem. Nobody from Jerusalem would ever be caught dead in Antioch, okay? No church pastor would ever go to a church conference in Las Vegas. All right, I got to tell a story about Las Vegas. So there's these guys in Las Vegas, and they're on every corner. And if you ever go there, they, um, they have a little piece of paper. And you walk by, and they go. 
and they pass you a piece of paper. And you look at it, and it's an ad for like drugs and rock and roll and all that bad stuff, right? And about 10 feet away from those guys is a pile where all the tourists that didn't know what they were getting handed, they're like, oh, thank you. And then you drop it, and they're all in a pile about 10 feet out. So I'm walking around with my buddies. I'm like, you guys, do any of you know Spanish? Because most of the people handed out were Spanish-speaking. And they are like, no. I was like, I need to know what joy and peace is. What? Go so y paso. I didn't know that. But now I know. Now, now we can go back to Las Vegas. No. <laughs> well, then I thought, okay, I'm dealing on spiritual plane here, so I'm just going to say what I know to say. So every dude that I came up to, he went like this, and I took it from him. And I said, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I took it. And then I stuck it in my pocket. And then when I got to a trash can, I threw them all in the trash. Done it all. Joy and peace from the Holy Spirit. Joy and peace from the Holy Spirit. And of course, they all looked at me because that's just not common. And my, my buddy, Josh, he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm waiting because at any moment I'm going to cast a demon out of one of these guys. And you guys need to be ready. And they were like, what? Don't take those papers. I said, I don't care about the papers. I'm going to cast a demon out of one of these guys. And so we kept walking around, peace and joy from the Holy Spirit. Peace and joy from the Holy Spirit. And nothing ever happened that I know of. But So if you find yourself in Antioch, the Holy Spirit is there with you. These guys from Cyrene and from Cyprus, nobody from Jerusalem went. Cyrene and Cyprus went. People, a great number, believed and turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Now, this is the same church that just got mad at Peter because he was eating hot dogs with the Gentiles, right? They're like, okay, hold on. If Antioch, if there's a church in Antioch, we got to check this out because this is messed up. Like we don't, we don't think you should eat hot dogs with Gentiles. We don't think the Holy Spirit's going to be coming down on any Gentiles. And we definitely know that Antioch is not, those people can't be doing church right. We got to go check it out. And who do they send the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. All right. It sounds like it's a bunch of sirens. We need to send in our siren secret weapon, Barnabas, son of encouragement. He was a Levite. He was trained in the law to do sacrifices. I mean, this dude is so Jewish, you guys. And for him to become a Christian is a big deal. He is the son of encouragement. We need this guy that's like super Jewish, but he's from Cyprus, so he's got all the Greek everything, and let's send him to go check it out. He's a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? This just makes me so glad. This is why you got to read Acts like, a, like an adventure book, adventure, like a thriller. Do you remember Paul? Do you remember when we last heard from Saul? He went to Jerusalem and he started preaching. And 
the persecution flared up bigger than ever. And they said, dude, we have got to get you out of here. And they stuck him on a boat from Caesarea and they went back home to Tarsus, which is like miles away, miles and miles, days and days. And he's been there for nine years. Saul has been in Tarsus in his hometown for nine years. We find out later what's he been doing. He's been doing like Obi-Wan Kenobi, just getting close to the Lord, just powering up. Barnabas goes and gets the secret weapon of Tarsus. He's like, I'm not going to Antioch. Antioch is messed up, y'all. I am not going there by myself. I'm going to go get my old buddy, Saul. So he goes and he finds him. It says when he found him, like it wasn't, uh, yeah, okay. He brought him to Antioch and for a whole year they met with the church and they taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the people were first called Christians. So now, something is happening in Antioch that is so different that they're no longer calling them Jews that follow this other way. They're not Jewish people that are following after this man. They've completely separated and they're a whole new thing. They're a whole new thing. The fun part, um, so a little history on the word Christian. It's not a good word. It was originally a mockery. It was a name. It was a put down. And um, it means little Christs. Like all you little Christs. Oh, all you, you know, um, sometimes people will see my kids. Not so much now that they're getting huge. But they'd be like, that's a little Danny right there. And they'd be getting into trouble or doing something. Or We also have kids that have been called a little Cindy when they do something that Cindy did. It's kind of a tease. It's kind of a poke. Oh, these are a bunch of little Jesuses. Oh, a bunch of little Christs. That's where they were first called that. They, were, they stood out in the culture of Antioch. They stood out amongst the people. They stood out. They, people knew these are not Jewish people. These are not people that are not going to come to my house and eat hot dogs with me. These are something different. These are Christians. Wow. And they spent a year in Antioch. I'm not going to tell you what else is going to happen in Antioch because we'll get to it. But it's awesome. Antioch was a huge, huge city. There were half a million people there at this time, which is a lot for this period in history, giant city. There were lots of people coming and going from all over the world to Antioch. And, uh, and Paul and Barnabas were there for a year preaching to the church. And the church was just growing and growing and growing so much that they, they got named a new thing. And then in these days, prophets would come down. They'd have guest speakers even from Jerusalem to Antioch. Coming down, Jerusalem's up on a big high peak. That's what all that's about. One of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. 
And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Just think about what's happened here. In one chapter, we've gone from how in the world can you eat with Gentiles? That's so evil. To the Holy Spirit has come upon the Gentiles of all the Gentiles. I mean, Antioch. And the Holy Spirit moves through them to care for the hungry and the hurting that are going to be in Jerusalem. That they would send money back. Like they're not just, you know, we'll pray for you. They, they, are, they are sacrificing parts of their own lives to give up money. To send it by the hand of Barnabas and Saul back to Jerusalem. Back to the place where they thought, how could the gospel come to Antioch? How could the church, there could be a church in Antioch? And they're taking care of them. And they're providing for them. So it's not just, you know, we're a new thing. See you later. It's we recognize that you're a part of us and we're a part of you. And we care about you and we want to help you. And we're going to send money. The other cool thing, if, if, you, if you follow, just I encourage you guys as you follow the book of Acts, to keep track of who's where and what's happening in the plot and the events. I mean, it's a real story, but it's just awesome how it plays out. Because <gasps> who's back in Jerusalem now? Barnabas and Saul. And they have a story of a year in Antioch. Antioch of all the Gentiles that came to Jesus and got saved. And not only that, but they're bringing, I mean, we still do it right now. You think that a sign of wealth is a sign of righteousness, right? Oh, that guy's so rich. He must be living right. God's really blessing him. He's got a whole bunch of money. God must just really be favoring him. That's all a big fat lie. We struggle with it now. They struggled with it then. The church in Antioch sends you their greetings. Money bags. What is God doing? He is working through their generosity and through their mixed up bit that thinks that righteousness and wealth go together to show them another way that righteousness has come to the Gentile people. That God has opened the door of righteousness to the Gentiles so much. You might not eat their hot dogs, but there's a famine coming and you're going to starve. And it's their money that's just been donated to come to you to help you through it because they love Jesus. Whoa. Awesome. All right. That's good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the way that you have poured out your Holy Spirit on the Gentiles. And I pray that you would continue to do it, Lord. I praise you for just these awesome events and how they speak to us in 2021 as we deal with racism, as we deal with prejudice, as we deal with fear and judgment. Lord, put your Holy Spirit into us fully and practically to navigate how we are experiencing this stuff right now today. And empower us to be as bold as Cyprians, Cypriots, and Cyrenians that would go and preach the gospel in the most God-forsaken, scariest, sinful places. 
Because we know you love the people there too. You love them so much. We praise you and we thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Let's stand and sing number 420 together. Cyprus and Cyrene to carry the gospel where it is unexpected. God bless you. All right.